Happy holidays. This is never going to do that. I'm your host, Garrett, and I have Sarah with me, as always. Tonight, we are home alone and talking about Kevin McAllister's past, present, and future, from old traumas to the new terrors of 2020. Sarah, do you have anything to add before we get started? Just one thing. It's a weird year, brimming with fear. Nothing is known that has been shown. Kevin's all grown, he's home alone. Feels very thrown, all on his own. People take heed, Kevin's indeed. Sick, mad, and sad, it's really bad. Not overblown, don't groan and moan. Drew out a plan with a few grants. Made a kill zone, breaking back bones. Enemies prone, counting tombstones. Pray for our friend, arm to defend. Christmas is near, it's almost here. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Is that Christmas ale? It is. Yum. I've got a little peanut butter porter myself. Ooh. Yeah, not quite Christmassy, but delicious nonetheless. Yeah, peanut butter is a Christmas thing. <laughs> we'll make it so this year. Have you ever had a really good peanut butter ball? Like a ball of peanut butter oh, covered in chocolate? Yes, I have. They're good. Stupid good, yeah. Anyway, hey! <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucking weird. We're recording an episode. It's not a cooking show. It could be. I'm excited about our Boosh and a Wild, our Yule Log. Yeah, most of my Yule Logs have between December 25th and January 1st. Oh, God. <laughs> Anywho. We've been thinking a lot about Christmas movies yes. lately. Mm-hmm. And a big favorite is Home Alone. It was something I remember making a big impression. I was in sixth grade when I saw it on VHS. I didn't go to the theater to see it. Then I watched it over the years. It's been a big movie that you and I have watched. And it's just got this cozy feeling. Personally, I was and roughly around the same age as Kevin McAllister. Mm. And I saw it when it first came out. I might have actually seen it in the theater. And for me, a precocious kid. Oh, yeah. Who is a bit of a scapegoat in the family. It resonated with me a lot. Not necessarily the whole being left home alone and then setting up traps and torturing adults. I never did that. Not until much later. (laughs) No, but there was some of that lead up really struck a chord with me at that age. Sure. It's been a movie that's always been a favorite. Mm-hmm. And as I've got older, Macaulay Culkin, great dude. Yeah, totally. That brings us to why we're here. What would Home Alone 2020 be? Mm. And it's this idea of Kevin McAllister, who would be roughly 40 years old. And if that makes anybody yeah. feel old, I'm sorry, no, I but mean, it's I, true. I, that's definitely right in my ballpark as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit closer, actually, than you. <laughs> I think I am Kevin McAllister's age and you are Macaulay Culkin's, Macaulay age. Culkin's age. Yeah, it all works out. <laughs> and I'm just going to pitch it. Go Gonna in, jump on in. All right. We all live on the planet today. So we all know what 2020 has been. Kevin McAllister never really did get over what happened to him when he was 10, 11 years old. He's had a really hard time holding down a job and being an adult. The trauma of it all, it's which totally it's never trauma. really discussed. And it happens multiple times, actually. Well, it's... <laughs> but the on. first time is the trigger of the whole emotional derailment. <laughs> yes. It's the idea of we're going to be taking movies in a sense of it's not just a movie, but we have to see how would a real human being deal with these situations. Right. It's a merry mental health cautionary tale. <laughs> 
So thinking about how <laughs> after two years in a row, maybe it was two separate years and there were some years in between. I don't remember fully, but he had some bad Christmases where people tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. That messes up a kid. Yeah. So for years later, Christmases are bad. And then just in general things, he just doesn't do really well. He's on edge. He's always looking around every corner expecting... The wet bandits could be anywhere. Right. And you know what? They're probably dead by now. You know what I mean? <laughs> they they're, had enough concussion their... and brain trauma. Speak about trauma, physical trauma, those two. Oh, yeah. Enough to put a cartoon to shame. Really, <laughs> They would be in their 70s, late 60s by now. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be coming after him because they haven't come after him yet. So 2020 rolls around and the McAllister family has spread across the country. A lot of the older kids, they went to really good colleges. They've got these great jobs. There's some in New York. Mm -hmm. There's some in LA, Pacific Northwest, Texas, whole family is spread out. The parents at this point, again, they were a rich family. Yeah, which we never really quite put it all that together where the income was coming. Somebody Somebody did something that made a lot of money. And probably because everything started to hit February and March and Florida did not share information well. (laughs) The McAllister parents were probably at their winter home in Florida. Nice. And they stayed there. Then they had to stay there because they were just kind of stuck. And they told Kevin, our house is open. Yeah. If you You want to come back from the city, he's what, living downtown somewhere? He's probably living somewhere in Logan Square. (laughs) Within the city of Chicago. Pinning it down. (laughs) And they say, come out to the suburbs, come out to Wilmette. You can get all of the grocery stuff you need. Just put it on our account. It's no problem. Yeah. Just open up the house. It'll actually be nice for somebody to check on things. Works out, everybody. Just go up there. So Kevin has no problem the first couple months of the year. Sure. But November, particularly December, roll around. Feels a little strange. He's been alone. Because if you think about it, in the second film, he's alone in New York. He's never really been alone again in that house after that first occurrence, maybe in that way mm-hmm. like that you know oh, so this yeah. is the first time which is fine but then the decorations the lights and the neighborhood start going up and it's like oh the signs and maybe just a little bit more anxiety at first and open space you know and this oh i have checking the locks well for years <laughs> he has spent christmas with his parents sure because he is so desperately afraid of what would happen if he didn't well yeah and this is the year where he can't he just can't can't. Mm-hmm. So it's too much. It's a lot of extra stress. And I think we can all understand that feeling at this point. So it's been 30 years. <laughs> It's been 30 years. It's wild. Maybe it's 28 years since the stuff in New York. Sure. And so, yeah, he's cracking up. And then this is where... Because he's alone. Nobody's visiting him. Well, this situation with everybody the way it is now. It's, it's the 2020. He left his apartment. He moved out there because, we all know, it was just supposed to be a month at worst. Yeah. And it's dragged on for nine months now. Mm-hmm. He's been alone for nine months. He never expected to have Christmas alone. And he doesn't want to go back into the city and take the metro. So he hasn't seen any friendly faces. Because he's up in the the way up north area. It has been all 
pizza boys coming to the door <laughs> and he's still using his talk boy, making his voice sound deeper, even though he's a full grown adult man. Somebody comes to the door and he's got his little talk boy cassette recorder. Leave the pizza, here's the money. Now, is he fully unraveling before that? Maybe he makes those cardboard people. Whatever he does to make it seem like there are people inside. Well, all right. This is where the he's fully like formed idea yeah. starts to fall apart. I know who the character is going into this. But then where does he go? My first thought is that it is somebody just coming around, knocking on doors for, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to get donations. Mm-hmm. But not a person that's trying to get them. No, but that's an interesting premise in that it's not somebody who's trying to hurt him at all. Okay. Maybe it's just two people who are going through the neighborhood and in his mind, because he's been alone in the past trauma, he sees them and he has decided he is going to trap them. <sighs> and he brings them into his house and ties them up. And then it becomes more of this psychological analysis of Kevin McAllister over the years Mm. and the people are afraid but at the same time they're trying to talk him through it okay it becomes almost therapeutic in a way he goes to jail at the end of this don't worry (laughs) (laughs) anything that happens in this movie there's no way Kevin McAllister is getting away with it okay so you're taking a film that while there's moments of heartfelt connection there's a big comedic element to it and it's kind of glossed over what the impact of it all would be or what exactly even the physical trauma would be to the wet all of these various things and in this version it's all grown up it's kevin McAllister all grown up and in what feels like the dark times already here he is unraveling with these memories creeping up and so it's all culminating in a very dark and twisted exploration of what can happen to a person in these kinds of situations. He traps whoever and then what happens? Is it just then the conversation? It's not necessarily the traps and the this and the that piece of it. Where I'm coming at it originally Mm -hmm. is everything has been made dark. We had Batman in 1989 versus Dark Knight the dark and gritty. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea of we have a person that went through this thing and so we're going going to analyze it through the dark and gritty. Right. What is that action element? Are you going to be playing on the getting in or is it all in a room then? Because some of that element, maybe you could use it in some way like he's reenacting or he's doing some of these things again or is it just in a room talking? And that's another option. They're not the wet bandits. It's somebody, right? you know, it's two dudes in their 30s. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's somebody that is down and out themselves and just needs to find a meal or needs to like find a warm place to stay. That's really good. People are homeless or losing their jobs and are Mm -hmm. in need. And this house is pretty much empty and there's all this stuff. Well, and all those houses are empty. Right. And so this is a person or people who through no fault of their own right they're gonna get evicted maybe it's a couple they're like you know yeah you know what all those people they always have so much nobody's gonna know Mm -hmm. and 
and it's and uh-oh. these people it's again this battle between the, nobody's the, right the, the 99 and the one percent the lights are blurred kevin isn't all good we're not rooting for him so you know through no fault of their own from any side kevin who is dealing with trauma and is in this house and is getting triggered and then this kind of creeping disparity this couple is going in and it mirrors the situation from so long ago and they're already maybe in the house when he discovers them so they're already trapped and then that's where they're trying to get out of the house instead of trying to get in to the house he set up traps already but however they got in because they're not professionals so they got in in some way that nobody ever thought of he didn't set up traps ahead of time he realizes somebody is in the house and then it becomes a cat and mouse game where he starts creeping around sweating bullets and you're in the moment with him Mm. trying to set the traps it's not this comedy version it's this brutal splintered whatever he can get his hands on it's a survival game in his mind to trap these intruders and they are trying to get out of the house then he catches them so it's this mistaken thing of no they're not coming after them they're trying to leave then that's when the conversation starts to happen maybe he traps them somewhere and then that's the climax of the film all right so he finds out people are in the house and the first thing he does is run to the front door and with a hammer smashes off the door door. yes it's like those visuals and you need to have those nice and these are people who do not want to be breaking windows and stuff maybe they're even really bad at it yeah i'm gonna skip forward just a little bit sure and to say when he realizes that these are desperate people in a desperate situation Mm -hmm. he remembers back to the moment in the church with the old man no oh Oh, the bird lady. The bird lady. Bird lady. Yes. And that's the moment. Oh, my God. With editing and everything. Because he has to come to terms with the fact that he, frankly, kind of a one percenter. He's somebody who. He's a rich kid. He's a rich kid. He's having a hard time doing the traditional path because of everything he's been through. And he doesn't want to do the traditional thing anyways. And his parents are just, honey, we're going to give you a check or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so now he's in this position where he's the man of the house. Well, he was the man of the house once before. I want to go to the visual that you said with the doorknob. And I think, dare I say it and be gross. It's rhyming. It's a poem with itself. It's in circles. I'm going to Lucasify this. <laughs> You're actually it's sounding rhyming. a lot like George Lucas. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did that on purpose. It's well, like a poem that rhymes. It sounds like a poem that rhymes. <laughs> Yeah. So the visual element of it, and you think back to the original, there is that comedic element in the timing of the edits and not pranks, but these big elaborate It's the slapstick elements. The yes. slapstick element. So what if you took that slapstick element and you somehow incorporated it in a dark way? So in a the dark edit, slapstick, this aggressive knocking off of the knob, that idea of taking these 
strong visuals and quick edits and putting together this element of dark horror comedy and there's this sick twisted element of it having a little bit of that in there to sweeten the deal oh yeah it would be people accidentally stumbling across a fun house of horrors well it's graphic it actually shows what happens to the people more so than it ever does in the original people are on the end of their life maybe towards the end i don't know now i'm going into christmas horror yeah no it's not necessarily a horror the dark comedy bringing through that style there's that quick paced element and it would be referencing the original home alone movies (laughs) while still acknowledging that marv has i think it was marv Marv, yeah has a burn scar of the m from the McAllister's doorknob on his hand yeah in the second movie they show that and everyone just oh i remember that moment when you really think about it it's like oh you remember when somebody was tortured brutally hurt burned so badly that that scar branded oh god and then no that was harry harry was joe pesci marv Marv was was daniel stern daniel stern yeah the iron on his face Mm -hmm. it shows that through the end but let's be honest if you drop an iron on someone's face from two stories it's gonna leave a dent (laughs) it's not just going to leave a red welt on your face this isn't the looney tunes cartoon there's a brutalized nature of this and so bringing that in to an extent maybe the pranks don't go so far or some miss more than others but it's this idea of this is real this is real stakes here also it's not that kevin is pure evil he's struggling and there can be not a full comedy to it but there can be a heartened element where you're seeing somebody struggling to pull off some of this stuff he's maybe stumbling through it he's struggling he's afraid he's not this kid anymore that's doing stunts in the skateboard park can i what you're saying makes me think of something Uh oh i'm just gonna say it real simply yeah rambo i never saw that movie it's a guy coming back from Vietnam who's having a hard time kind of letting go of the war okay and being chased through the woods yeah this is like Christmas Rambo Christmas Rambo I love that it's sad though it's somebody trying to defend their home and maybe it's even something where you know honey it would be great for you to be back there and have somebody there at the house and he gets it in his head that this is my home I'm defending my home and he's getting things kind of messed up and it's emotional he's having these moments where it is really intense and there's these brutal violent moments where the couple is put in these violent situations but then there is this connection how do you balance the line of these pieces where there can still be a connection with the person that hurt you and you have those conversations and there are those moments where you see somebody struggling to actually pull off some of these things you know as a kid you're doing all this stuff but you're struggling through this you're fumbling through it because you're having a panic attack while you're setting the traps and then you're actually seeing the graphic nature of what's happening maybe to the person that you're hurting and that becomes another level because that person is not the wet bandits it's somebody then saying please help me and then it becomes a different emotional beat and that's that christmas moment where everyone realizes <laughs> the christmas 
this moment. <laughs> Everyone realizes the power of Christmas, the strength of the time of year where you show love and compassion and, you know, and the I, welcoming. I'm just going to say this. It yeah. has to be a lit scene where they've tumbled down or something and it's that pause, that moment of quiet and it's dusk, whatever, then the lights come on across the street. There has to be something that comes into it, like lights on a timer and then it's all lit by Christmas light, there the whole scene. To be, there needs to be the news story so that Catherine O'Hara can see it on TV and do her... Now, when you say that, though, then that feels like it's a hostage situation. Is that what happens? Neighbors here? It can happen at the end. It doesn't have to happen in the first act. So there's not that cross story of them trying to get home. It's all local to the house. Yeah, we'll keep it that way. Let's not make it about that. This is Kevin's story. And it's coming through to the other side. Nobody left him alone except for the American government. Wow, that's not a Christmas tale. (laughs) Yeah, we want to light it like that Lethal Weapon movie. There are all those great moments by the Christmas light. They really did a great job there. So bring that through a little bit more. Oh, there's a snow that happens maybe. any any Christmas movie you do, the climax has snow. Come on. Right. And the window was broken and they're bloody on the living room floor and the snow starts drifting in onto their face. And then he's sitting there by the Christmas tree and they're having a conversation or if something. If we could end with a lethal weapon type fight scene. Oh my God. Except between an out of shape late 20s and an <laughs> extremely out of shape early 40s guy. <laughs> Like not, a, not two people that have trained in Muay Thai for five years. Two people who never really expected to be in this situation. Would it be? But they won't give up. Would it be a weird moment to have where it's either prior to the reconciliation or they have come to some understanding, but you know, sometimes there's in that calm and then you're still all in shock. And then somebody says a little something like, well, at least, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And it sets off the husband of the couple. What do you mean? At least it's just this. Do you see my wife? And then that's where the fight starts. And there's Christmas glass Mm. balls falling off the tree and all of this stuff and then they all exhaust themselves on the floor amongst the presents and then Kevin's like did you want to open one something and then I don't know (laughs) you think you've reached the resolution and then there's a second climax of the fight what if the people breaking into his home were people he knew from his neighborhood okay and wait from his neighborhood in the city yes it's people from his neighborhood they were really nice to him but he was this reclusive weirdo and he had talked to them about his neighborhood and how people would always leave and you know so they got desperate and it just so happened it was that house well no he told them about the neighborhood yeah but they didn't know he went to that house right and so they go and they're like we're desperate and he is quote-unquote hunting them trying to stop them but he never sees them well maybe because they have masks on their face something because they have masks masks. over their mouths in case there's a security can't whatever recognized at all there's no way and then when everyone recognizes each other it's just oh my god what have i become from both sides right kevin and the people breaking in the house 
houses, they're just shocked at, oh, oh man, we're bad people now. That even more so heightens all of the moments and then the big reveal and then it's this conversation mm-hmm. and then there's maybe a friendship or an understand if there is some sort of connection prior to maybe they come to something where nobody necessarily gets in trouble and everybody makes it out at the end and nobody dies. <laughs> nobody goes to jail either. That's maybe pushing it too far. Okay, I'm willing to end it with nobody going to jail, but it's Christmas. I, it's it's non-negotiable. Kevin gets stabbed. Yeah, he if has he to doesn't get her- go to jail, no. he needs to get stabbed. That's what I mean. That's why there's the resolution and then the comment and then the moment where it all breaks down again and there's the fight because then that's the husband and the couple getting there calling it even. It's the eye for the eye and then he's brutalized at the end and he's bloody and the Christmas light. It's like a broken glass ornament that he stabs him with or cuts his face with. Can I make it super goofy? Yeah. So the couple and Kevin don't know that they do know each other. Yeah. And somebody from the couple comes up and stabs Kevin in the shoulder blade. Oh. And he says, which we've already determined earlier in the movie, that Kevin doesn't really swear. He doesn't say the F word. He says fudge. Yeah. And people kind of laugh at it. Sure. And so he gets stabbed in the shoulder and he says, oh, fudge. It's callback moment. And then everyone goes, Kevin? Oh. <laughs> and then we're tying it into more of these Christmas movies. Sure. So, yeah. Can we somehow tie in that old man's, what is it? Oh, the shovel? No, the granddaughter that he doesn't connect, the son. Oh, Maybe yeah. they could still be a neighbor. The Jesus, callback wait. or the, the calling through. Like, I yeah, know no, I've it's already, you, I've Kevin. Got, See, got, I'm not crazy. His and ex-girlf- then It's in. his ex-girlfriend. Wait, was it he the same he age? Roughly, no. no she's well, a little younger when they're When there. they're that age. You know, if he's 10 and she's five totally inappropriate if he's 40 and she's 35 she caught up it works yeah and so (laughs) they date on and off for a while sure but he can never really let his guard down he can never commit he can never be totally intimate with her yeah that's the tie-in oh my god maybe on her way out she actually says i wish my grandfather never saved you hold on if we're really doing it as a callback and a rhyming scheme to the first movie no listen it's moments maybe there is that moment before everything gets too intense because first he catches in the house and they hide and then something happens where he's able to go to the church and she's there and they have a scene together at the church and she's like you know you never opened up Oh, they reconcile. Something, you know. I like that. That's sweet. Some callback. And he's like, you know, maybe I... Because he can still be saved. Right. And it would be in a church, of course. You know, this time of year, everybody can be saved. Everybody has a redemption arc that ends at Christmas. Absolutely. (laughs) But can I tell you something, though? What? Even though everybody can have a redemption arc that ends at Christmas, yeah. we're never going to do that. We might not do it, but maybe we'd do this. We would take the security camera footage from the house of everybody, and it would be like a... F- you want to do a found footage yeah. Home Alone, like 13 at this point. I think it was sold to some it's South African production the company. The whole story is the cops watching the footage, or Kevin's hey, no, mom no, watching no, the no, footage. No, no. We're not doing it. Okay. We're not doing it. Turn it, because I feel like... I will actually stab you so that you don't do it. God. I will hit you in the face with a paint can. <laughs> Definitely don't do so that. So we're never going to do it. Oh, no. None of it. No, no, no. 
<laughs> Merry Christmas. We'll do that. Mer- Merry Christmas. We'll do that. <laughs> I can't believe we survived all that slapstick. That's how we prefer my holidays. Like an iron to the face. <laughs> well, what a perfect way to describe this year in general. Yeah. Who knows what 2021 will bring? But we'd love to hear your predictions. The wilder and weirder, the better. That's right. We want you to give us a ring at 224-300-0949 and leave a message with your take on what might happen in the months ahead. Then, we might share your messages and build off that creativity as a part of our return show in January. Until then, keep it snappy and happy. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas!